Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Carl Spielvogel with Uncle Carl's Goat Farm all the way in from North Carolina. And he's here to share how he does crazy deals and, in fact, turned one recently into a $243,000 assignment fee. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only app you'll need for wholesaling. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires, so if that's something you're interested in, let's definitely connect on Instagram. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you to listen to this show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. You can share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway from this show later on. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please post your questions for uh, Uncle Carl to answer. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So first things first, what got you into real estate? Well, at the time I owned some Subway sandwiches and uh, shops, and I hated it. It was mm-hmm. miserable. So a buddy of mine uh, said, hey, there's a guy named Ron Legrand. He's putting all these seminars. Let's go learn about real estate. So I went to some of Ron's seminars, and I went to probably three or four of them, uh, Lou Brown, and started learning. And I love the stuff I learned. So I started mm-hmm. like going to the seminars, and that's how I learned some of the creative deals. And then there's, uh, I think it was Cameron Dunlop and some other people like that. Yeah. And that's how then we started you know, trying to do deals, but the yeah. first nine months I got zero. It was, it was really bad. <laughs> so I, you know, you're not the first one to say that. I think uh, Brian Kandeski, a previous guest on our show, had the same thing. He learned from Ron Legrand yep. through owning Subway stores. Oh, he had Subways too? Yeah, he yeah. had Subways too. That's so funny. Uh, so when you, you know, this was back in what year? Uh, probably 1999, late 90s, early, around 2000, right okay. around there, yeah. So you learned from that nine yep. months, you weren't doing any deals, but then you got into it. And then what was your journey from there? Well, I, I did, did, it was sort of a struggle for a while, but I would buy from uh, realtors, and I got going pretty decent. And then uh, another thing that we did was I um, uh, started doing a little bit of coaching. Uh, me, Mitch, and Linda Dana, we did this coaching. And then uh, 2008 came along, and I went from thinking I was a badass to being a dumbass, and I lost every <laughs> single thing I've worked for my entire life. Wow. So it was a little humbling. It was very humbling, and, and yeah. I'd love to say it was the 2008, the, what happened, but it was me not being smart. It was me buying for appreciation and, and, and making mistakes, so it's, I really can't – it was actually a good thing. It was it was very, very humbling experience. Yeah. And then I went into the used car business with my ex-girlfriend, which is not another smart thing. I did that <laughs> for a while, and then eventually got back into doing the real estate again. Okay, so then you got back into real estate. What year was this? Uh, it was about March, three years ago. Okay, and so you get back in. What was your first deal like when you got back into? Well, what real I did estate? is I, I went starting going around to all the different real estate meetups. I was trying to get back in, get to know the people, um, get reestablished, and I ran into my buddy Mitch, who we'd done some deals together. We'd done some teaching. He said, "Hey, Carl, there's a, there's properties going to tax sale." And if you can find the guy and get it under contract, I'll give you half the deal. You know, they're like, okay, this is my break to get back in. Mm-hmm. So we end up Googling the guy and turns out that he's a used car, used car turnaround specialist. So what we did was uh, I hired him. I called him up, found his resume, and I said, hey, um, I'll say his name's Frank. I don't want to give his uh, – hey, we got, we got a used car dealership. We're struggling, and I need your help. And he came up that weekend to uh, help turn around the used car dealership. Mm-hmm. So I called Mitch back and I said, hey, Mitch, uh, 
uh, Frank is in our office. He's like, what? You found him? He's in our office. You didn't just find him. You hired him. I hired him <laughs> in the hopes to get a deal. I know that's crazy. So so Mitch comes in, meets him. We're talking to him, and we let him you know, get to know him over the week. We're like, do you, have, do you have any property left in Charlotte? And he goes, no, I don't have any. I'm like, okay. So he goes back to Columbia. Uh-huh. And uh, after we get to know him, and then we call him up, and we're like, hey, you know, uh, Mitch found out that you have a piece of property. It's going to tax sale. And he said, well, that's funny. Someone just called me, and they offered me $35,000 for the property. And I was like, uh, I tell you what, you know us. You know us, we, whatever. We'll, we'll match that price. We're going to come down right now and sign the contract. So we drove down, signed the contract. We bought it for 35000 We did a little bit of, like, we cleared the lot, and we had a realtor. Um, uh, my friend uh, Shannon, she was Shannon Lynch. She had um, she taken me around some meetings, helped me get back into it. But she was the one that sold it for one fifteen. Our net after everything was fifty eight thousand dollars in about three months on the yeah. first wholesale. And I was like, hey, I like this. I want, I want to do more of this. You know? Yeah, that's really good. So. Right after that, you quit the the, the dealership thing. No, you? I I only did this part time. I was still helping my ex girlfriend out, and mm-hmm. that was that was miserable. I don't probably don't need to talk about that, but that was miserable. We were actually, believe it or not, it it's it's it was seventeen hundred square square foot building, and we were actually living in the building. We had three dogs, so we're in the in the back. The dogs were there, and and we were living in the car dealership. It was not <laughs> it was not the best of times for us. Right, right. You know. Well, you're getting back after losing everything. So, so then at which point from, uh, you were doing that to when did you go all in again? It was probably about another three quarters of a year or okay. so. So something around three quarters of a year to year when I went all in full time. Right. So I was just doing it part time mm-hmm. up until probably a little over two years ago. Then I went back full time. Okay. And you said your, your buddy Mitch? Yeah. So then you were, were you working with Mitch again or what did you do once you went all in? Yeah. Yeah. We basically, um, well, he, he says we're not partners. We joint venture on every deal. Mm-hmm. He's, he's sort of like that Charlie's angel guy. He's like, he's a guy that makes a phone call that you never see, you know? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we, we joint venture on every deal and we pretty much split everything, you know, 50, 50. Okay. So then somewhere along the way you did something in regards to a goat farm. Yeah, what um, this deal was uh, interesting. Um, every every good story starts was I was drinking at the bar, yeah. so I was drinking <laughs> at the bar, talking to uh, my bartender, which I've known for years, um, and he was saying his mom is going through foreclosure, was going to lose the house. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, we'd be interested in working a deal. So what we ended up doing was I went and met with her, found out what was going on, and we agreed to buy it for a certain price. And what's interesting about this piece of property is. It is in the county. If you're familiar with North Carolina, there's a city called TK, which is sort of a wealthy city. And this piece of property was in sort of like TK surrounded on two sides and was in the county. So what I wanted them to do was I wanted the, uh, the city to annex it mm-hmm. because they annex it into the city. Then I could build two houses. It's much more valuable. So I called the city manager up and said, hey, uh, I got this piece of property. I want you to annex it into the city from the 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 county he said well son we're not going to do that but i'm interested in talking to you won't you come down and meet with me Mm -hmm. so i should have said dad no but anyways i went down i said okay real nice guy everything he said okay we're building a baseball field and we want that piece of property and so i said what will you pay for it he said well we'll probably pay you 85 maybe ninety thousand. i was like well that's low It, it should be higher it's worth more so we end up doing a short sale on the property 
and we end up getting the property for 50000 mm-hmm. I think he found that out. So then we called him and said, okay, let's negotiate. And he said, well, I could only pay you 65000 for that property. I was like, what? 65000 How'd the offer go down? 20000 Yeah. So it, it went down. I was yeah. like, I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, this property is in the county, correct? He said, yes. You have no jurisdiction on it? He goes, yes. It's zone agriculture? He goes, yes. So I said, I could open a goat farm. And he goes, well, I guess you could. <laughs> so, and I showed you the pictures earlier. So what we did was uh, we rented goats. We put these big signs, Uncle Carl's Goat Farm, coming soon. We got these T-shirts, Uncle Carl's Goat Farm, coming <laughs> to TKK. We even made goat cupcakes made, cu- cupcakes with goats on them. And we did this Facebook Live. We had some people come down, talked about how we're opening, getting ready to open this goat farm in Tiga Cay. And, of course, this is a very rich area. Yeah. You know, I don't think they really particularly would want goats. Oh, not. and one other thing I actually did was sort of funny, too, was I, I sent them a letter saying that we're going to be training ninja attack goats, and I couldn't guarantee the fence would hold them in when he opens the baseball <laughs> field. <laughs> and I think he might have known I was messing with them. But so we had this, this big production with all the goats and uh, everything. And um, that day, we got an offer for $100,000 closing in. In, in seven days. So he increased his offer 35K. Yes. Pretty much overnight. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was the goats or not. I'm not saying it was, but uh, I think it, it didn't hurt. Yeah. So. Definitely made you made his life more difficult than it needed to be. See, sometimes it takes a goat farm to get a deal. Sometimes yeah. you get it, get it creative. So. Well, and I think that's something to, to, to look at, right? So maybe in the future, I'll, I'll consider investing in renting goats. Yeah. All I did, I rented, a, you could rent goats for, I've rented three goats for $200 for uh, two hours. So, I mean, <laughs> that was a pretty good ROI. Yes. Uh, so one of the things that uh, really struck me um, is that you like dealing, I would say, in challenging situations. Yep. So uh, I heard you even say, I was going through some of your other uh, uh, presentations, you'll buy properties with tax liens on them. Yeah. I mean, we, we like to buy, and wherever there's a problem, like, yeah. uh, like we're talking about the IRS tax lien? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, yeah, this one... Can I tell the story? Absolutely. I'm sorry. Please, okay. What happened was there was a property we're driving by. It was vacant. And there's also a tax, um, uh, it was tax delinquent. And it, so it started out that. It ended up being, it ended up being um, IRS lien. But what happened was we drove by, it was vacant, pulled up, and there's three different owners. Two of them were deceased and one was uh, still alive. So they had, th- and they had three properties that the tax bill was running up on. So what I did was uh, I went to the one lady, let's say her name is Sally, and I knocked on her door. I left her Federal Express packages. I left notes. For nine months, I stalked her. Mm-hmm. I stalked her. I even sat outside her house sometimes waiting for her car to come out. <laughs> but eventually, eventually what happened is after nine months of stalking her, she finally called me one day. Yeah. And she said, uh, Carl, I see you're trying to get a hold of me. I said, well, how do you know that? She said, I have a few notes and stuff. And I said, well, and here's important. I said, well, let's just talk. What's going on? She's, I'm ready to sell the properties. Mm-hmm. So we met at Starbucks. And I said, well, tell, me, tell, tell us what's going on. You know, we're, we're good at solving problems. She said, well, my brother and sister, I'm the only heir. We're, we all got left the property. Now, and they've passed, so it all goes to me. And the reason I'm ready to sell is there's $249,000 IRS tax lien that's falling off next month. So I'll sell it to you. 
So we, we, because IRS tax liens are only good for 10 years and they typically don't renew them. They almost always fall off. I had no idea. Yeah. I've never seen them renew them. I've never seen the IRS foreclose, but check with your attorney, check with everything. Don't, you know, before you go do, do we're that. We're not attorneys. Was that? We are not attorneys. Yeah. Yeah. We're not attorneys. We're not claiming, you know, whatever. So check with your attorney. So yeah. we signed the contract and then what ended up happening was uh, we pulled the, the, the lien and it was actually good for another year. So we had another problem. Mm -hmm. So what we ended up doing is, and we knew that they were going to fall off. So we ended up giving her 40,000 to pay off the tax delinquents. Mm -hmm. And we, she did this, the property. And then uh, the balance was due in uh, a year when the IRS tax lien fell off. So we had three properties, one, which she gave us for 57, one for 75, and one was a little tiny lot. She gave us for free. I always like free property, yeah, you free know, free. I'll free take free, it. Yeah. So what we ended up doing was the one for 57, we waited to three months before the tax IRS lien fell off. We put up for sale and we, and we used, when that, when that closed, we made uh, 58,000. So we're able to take that money to put down to pay off the rest of the money we owed. Mm -hmm. So we made 58,000 profit on that. And then the, there's a little tiny lot. And this is thing we learned about, um, what's it called? A variance. I didn't yeah. even know what a variance was, mm -hmm. but we ended up hiring an attorney to get the variance done on the property. And basically the variance just, uh, it moves the setbacks. It takes something that's not buildable mm -hmm. and it puts it through the city and then they allow you to build on it. We did the variance on it and we have it under contract for a hundred thousand. So we'll make about 96,000 when we sell that. And I think a week or two, it closes that out. That was a free one? That was a free one. So that's gonna oh, be that's a 96,000, yeah. 58,000 on the first one. And then we're gonna keep the duplex because it's coming up and we could probably sell it for close to 175,000. Mm -hmm. So we could make close to 100,000 on that. So between everything, it's gonna be about a $230,000 deal um, on one tax delinquent. Started as a tax delinquent and vacant. I mean, everybody in Charlotte could have driven by and done this. Well, I'd say everyone could have gone by and tried to do it, but because we were persistent mm -hmm. and persistent and didn't give up, we got that deal. And then when there was problems, we solved that problem with the IRS tax, right. tax lien. And then I saw something with you drilling locks. No, not you. Someone else is drilling locks. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Th what was that situation? That started another tax delinquent, okay? Okay. We pulled it up. And I think tax delinquent is a very popular lead source in it, North Carolina, it's, right? It's our best. We yeah. make more money off the tax delinquents. I mean, it, you guys shouldn't try this at home, but um, but we, we, no, we, we, we make more money off tax delinquents than we do anything. Okay. So came off tax delinquent. Then we use a thing called been verified. It's a skip trace thing. Mm -hmm. Put the owner's name in, shows she was deceased. Then we pulled the obituary. The obituary says who are the the, the people next to kin, whatever. Mm -hmm. We called them and said, hey, we're interested in property. What's going on? He said, well, we, we left it alone about six or eight years ago, um, and we don't have the money. There's some liens and judgments and stuff, and we don't want the property. We're like, well, how about we give you and your sister $2,500? a piece. Mm -hmm. She goes, that would work. Yeah. So here's one thing we do is we try to get a deed for very little. So we said, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to give you guys 500 a piece to deed us the property. So we deed it to a land trust in case there are some problems and we had to walk away. So for five, so for a thousand dollars, we owned the property. Mm -hmm. Then it turned out there was some judgments and liens and open estate, but we were able, luckily the judgments and liens were past the 10 year and they weren't collectible. Like so, your tax? Like the tax things, because yeah. they're only good for 10 years. Right. So we ended up, so 
once we got the property, we said, is there anybody living there? She goes, no, it's been vacant. There's nobody living there. So we went there. We noticed there's a big dog barking, and, and we noticed there's these little video cameras all around the place, <laughs> and we're like, something's not quite right. Yeah. So we had the police show up. We went through the eviction process to get them out. The police show up, and um, I got there a little bit late. And um, my buddy Joe was drilling out the front door. Um, he was our partner on it. And then two police are there with their guns. So I walk around the side door. I said, hey, guys, the, the side door is open. They're like, we checked. It was locked when we got here. I'm like, what's going on? So when we got inside, we found this video cameras, four cameras. So they were watching outside. So when we were trying to get to the front door, they ran out the side door. Mm-hmm. And get this, there's over 100 pair of Air Jordans size 10 10 and a half 11 and we had some little baby air jordans gucci slides that they had tvs all sorts of stuff so it, it was it was pretty interesting obviously they were dealing drugs out of there mm-hmm. and that was going on so we lock it back up and then that night they come back and break in again so i think we must not have found their stash or their, or their yeah. cash somewhere um but i still have 100 pairs of uh jordans so what what size do you wear 10 conveniently 10 okay i should have brought you a pair okay i'll I'll ship you another but anyway so so we're into it for a thousand dollars we clean it up and we list it on the mls and we get an offer for ninety five thousand. so after we got sort of lucky on some of those liens not attaching and stuff and we're able to get title insurance through our attorney and we were able to sell we were able to make sixty six thousand in about 90 little over 90 days with maybe 1500 to 2000 upfront, you know, invested in the property. Of course, we didn't pay the taxes off. We waited until the closing to pay the taxes off on that. Yeah. So that, wow. that was a fun deal. That's incredible. So Eric uh, Richner wants to know on the other one with the, with the three properties. So what was your total out of pocket on that one? Um, at first it was 40,000 to pay off all, all the back taxes. Mm-hmm. And then we used the sale of the other property to pay um, so I think 40,000 was pretty much out of pocket. And we sold the other property that paid, there might've been another 20,000. I'm not real good. My partner takes care of the numbers. He's, sure. he's smarter than I am. I just go make the deal. So probably 40,000, then maybe another 25, 30,000 out of pocket. And it'll be probably 230, maybe 250,000 net. Oh yeah. That's really good. And then Eric wants to know then with this information, are you looking for tax delinquent leads that are eight to nine years old or older? Well, yeah. Well, the, Typically, we look for tax delinquents that are three plus years older. Mm-hmm. We pull them from the city, and we 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 go after ones that are older. Okay, and we like the ones where people passed away, where the property is vacant, and there's some kind of problem. The more problems, the typically the more money you're going to make. So let's talk about that. Like, yeah, what are some problems that we're solving here? Um, we got another one. Like this one was a vacant house. I was just driving through the neighborhood, and I noticed it was vacant. It, it, it looked looked okay someone was mowing the grass but i noticed i jumped the fence probably shouldn't do this mm-hmm. I, I, something about it seemed weird and then i noticed the meter was missing so i noticed the problem was vacant turned out it had um then we pulled up the two owners they were passed away so the problem with this property was that um there's no will and the both the owners were dead and the place was vacant and then it turned out there was um, on that deal. There's like 21 heirs, six different deaths. So I guess that for this one, the pro- is, is 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 and our best deals are where there's multiple heirs, multiple problems like this. You have to solve and get all the heirs on board to to sign. Yeah, that's interesting. I've I've never dealt with more than one death. Like one death is like you know my personal record on a transaction. Yeah. So. This had six different six. people died, and we had to do family trees and all this stuff drawn out. You gotta go through like 23 and me. 
Yeah, no, it wasn't <laughs> that bad. But one of the keys too was there's always usually one one relative that knows pretty much everything. Mm. So what we did on that one, we had one of the rel- relatives that we paid an extra thousand dollars to help coordinate most of the other people. So she coordinated uh, like ten people to meet me in Abbeville, South Carolina, to get that the deed signed there, and then uh, some of the other places. So it wasn't as bad as it seems, but yeah. it, it was still a lot of work. So um, there's a property that you guys did the 243 on, uh, $243,000 on one deal. Yeah. And I completely butchered the numbers, uh, but you picked it up for 35000 35000 We sold it for three ten. Who the guy eventually flipped for nine fifty, and then he tore it down and sold it for nine fifty. Yeah, so he did pretty good too. He did real well, but yeah. but we made more money than he did. So let's talk about that. How did you find this property that you're able to buy for thirty five and wholesale for three ten? What happened was it came from a bird dog, a guy named Gerald who works for us. He's pressure washing houses, and he said, "Hey, there's a house in this neighborhood where the guy passed away three or four months ago, and some squatters had moved in." And so, you know, basically that's the, that's the problem. There's squatters and the guy passed away and I don't, he goes, I don't know where the heirs are. So what we did then is we used two things. We used been verified, mm-hmm. came in and then it had like the relatives. So we started calling the relatives, but, um, actually no, on this one, we actually you know what we did. We hired a genealogist, mm-hmm. even though we, we knew it was a good deal. So we hired a genealogist to do the family tree. And what she told us was the mom had passed away. The, the, there's a married couple. She passed away. Then the gentleman passed away. And the rightful heir would have been his brother who died in Crete in 1973 in a car accident. Then it would went to his two sons. They were the they were the they were the rightful heirs. Mm-hmm. Did they know they were the rightful heirs? No. Well, they didn't. They didn't even know about it because what happened was so we started looking for these two kids. And we searched everywhere. We well, one of the things actually we ended up doing first was I went to the grave site and we started interviewing. There's some local relatives, and I went and said, "Hey, have you seen? Uh, let's say his name is Tom. Yeah. I mean, you, I went and said, you know, Tom's passed away. Well, and this is crazy, right? Like, I don't know anybody that visits grave sites to do deals. Oh yeah, we went there the grave sites. <laughs> we had to see if, who else was next to him. I mean, yeah, we'd done crazy stuff. So yeah, we went to the okay, grave so site. The site. So you're talking to relatives, and then, then the relatives. When we visit the relatives. They're like, they're like. Tom's dead I said yeah he passed away like four or five months ago I'm like oh we didn't know so not wow. not a close family but they but they gave us lots of information they said the mom like when when the brother was passed away in Crete in 73 the mom got remarried to a police officer outside of DC so we had a little bit of evidence of what's going on but I mean we did everything you know we built this whole big thing i spent months just researching it trying to find this mm-hmm. even my partner was like give up carl you can't get this i'm like i'm getting this deal <laughs> so then i found the niece who was living there and she had actually had tom had given her a lease to 2040 for a dollar a month okay mm-hmm. so i went and visited her and she said yeah i moved in with these people they're druggies and they're tearing the place up and so she had a lease that technically had <coughs> to be bought out mm-hmm. so i paid her like 113 dollars to buy her lease out mm-hmm. And then, so we keep searching for these guys and we can't find them. We're like, why can we not find these boys? What is wrong? Why, what are we doing wrong? Mm-hmm. I think one night uh, I was talking with Maria. She's one of our partners. And I think I had eight beers or maybe 10 beers. I don't know. And then we, the epiphany was, what if the mom got remarried? When she got remarried, she changed last names. We're like, oh. Yeah. So then we, we ended up, the genealogist found the uh we knew to look in the dc area mm-hmm. so they ended up finding out the um 
uh, that uh, she got remarried in the name, the name change. Mm-hmm. So we're able to track her down, and then we want to. You can go on people's Facebook pages. We've just been verified and whatever. We know she was talking to the two kids, but the name has been changed. Mm-hmm. So now we identified who the rightful heirs after months and months and months of working on it. But we ended up doing it. This point is you've got to set the table. You can't just go, you own this property and da-da-da-da-da. Right. Congratulations. It's a big day for you. Yeah. So we had to say, here's the problems. A, there's squatters living in the place. There's a niece with a lease. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's code enforcement on the property. Tom passed away without a will. So it's intestate. There could be some problems there. And there's a tax foreclosure in two weeks we got just before the tax foreclosure i think there's some other problems so we said we have all these problems but we're going to give you thirty-five thousand dollars for the property and they said normally we negotiate Mm -hmm. that's what we do but this is found money and it sounds like there's quite a few problems to 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 deal with Mm -hmm. i said yeah so they sold it to us for thirty-five thousand. and then in north carolina we didn't want to open the estate because you open the estate liens and judgments can attach but if someone's been passed away two years you're good to go so we just we bought the property for thirty-five thousand. we just cleaned it out and we waited nine more months and then we sold it to a builder for 310 mm-hmm. but during that we also had to deal with we had to pay the taxes off we had to deal with the code enforcement you know and then we you know um, luckily got the lease from the niece and then you know we finished getting the squatters out and just we had, we had we had some problems and stuff putting it together. Sure. So yeah, that deal was our biggest. So we had thirty five invested. We paid the bird dog guy I think five grand, and we paid bonuses to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think we had a thousand dollars into cleaning it out, and we just held it for nine months, and that was two hundred forty three thousand dollars profit on that deal. Yeah, this whole genealogist thing, whatever. I've never heard of this for wholesale. Yeah, I mean it's 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 where the money is right yeah. now. In my opinion, you've got Redfin, you've got all these other companies coming in mm-hmm. that are going to be hard to compete doing normal deals. I, mean, I might be wrong on that, but I think it's going to be harder and harder with these people paying cash and paying crazy prices. So I think you learning, learning the niche stuff, stuff, you know, we got a whole bunch of other lists of niche stuff I can talk about is, is where you can make really good money. Cause no one wants to track down 21 heirs. No one wants to put the time in this, but the money is huge, mm-hmm. just huge on these deals. So you're the one, going through you're going through the tax records I'm, I'm, I'm picturing you in the library with like the microfilm uh, it's really simple all you got to do is order the order the list and they send it to you you can okay. download it so it's not hard you know okay. so it's it's really simple yeah uh so then you got you got this 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 big one right here it was basically you know more than a grand slam and then you're doing a couple of commercial deals too yeah well um yeah, this is one we just got. We we ended up there's another tax delinquent on a commercial building and are the policies the same in North Carolina whether it's commercial or residential? I do very few commercial, yeah, but it's the it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But we searched a guy. The guy left town almost 10 years ago and he just left the property. He left one tenant in it. It's a little commercial space and mm-hmm. he just left. I don't know and he didn't pay the taxes. So we finally searched him down, got a hold of him. And this one was sort of unique. What we did was we offered him a buyout just to pay him and buy it, but he didn't want to do that. So we said, well, how about we partner? So we we have a joint venture where he deeded into our co- the company. We control what we sell it for, and he'll split the profits 50-50 mm-hmm. after the taxes. So we have $250 invested. We own half this building. It's, it's worth, 
I don't know what's worth. Tax value is three ten. Mm-hmm. There's like fifty or sixty thousand in taxes owed, and this is one we just got recently. We have. So I don't know what the profit of that. I don't know how that's going to turn out. But that's right. a, a that's another creative way to do stuff. Where you know we this is the second deal we've done that where we partnered with the owner. Yeah. So there's so many cool creative ways that you can work with people. So. Are there other people in your market doing this? Uh, there's, start, there's there's other people more because I talk too much about it. <laughs> there's more and more competition, but sure. people won't dive in as deep as we do. They won't. They're not as persistent, mm-hmm. and they won't. Um, another thing too is like we get stopped a lot of times by something, and we have to take a, a, a step back and look at how we're going to do stuff. So we also pivot. So I, I I think that that's what gives us the advantage over most people. They're not willing. They want the low hanging fruit. They're not willing to spend nine months working on and off on a deal. They're right. not willing to to put the time in to do these deals. Well, and you kind of mentioned it before we got on, on on air was that you know my my average wholesale fee is like thirteen k, right? Yours is fifty. It's probably about fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So it's worth it. Yeah, but it's a lot. It's a lot more work. A lot more time consuming, and a lot of headaches and and figuring stuff out that we don't even know like we're doing partition sales now where we buy parts of property you know (laughs) and then we 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 force the sale of the property or buy people out so Mm -hmm. we'll go buy like we got one now we own three quarters of you know we had one we bought half of and then we did a partition sale we end up owning all of it now right you know there's we just we didn't know what a partition sale was we just like well how do we do this and our we talked to our attorneys to do this this and this and we're like okay and we just follow step by step you know so your attorneys guided you a little bit yeah we've got we got three different attorneys that we talked to and mm-hmm. the d- different ones so there, tell are us these, i mean like these these crazy ideas that you guys have are these attorneys guided advice or are you like there's other people you talk to about well, this yeah we talked see another thing too we, we are attorneys, different real estate people. We go to meetups, and some of it's just us brainstorming, strategizing how to be creative mm-hmm. on these deals. We spend a lot of time on trying to figure them out. So, so I normally ask how your operation is different than other people, but it sounds like we already kind of nailed that one. Yeah. So then, in order to run an operation like yours, so what would someone need to do? Let's say they're in a different market, right? Not right. North Carolina. So if you're in North Carolina, like turn off. <laughs> yeah. But if you're in a different state with a tax delinquent, uh, if you're a tax deed state, what would you recommend? Well, I, I would recommend like um, you need to have several things. We have like we used we have two skip trace people, mm-hmm. two companies got been verified and IDI core. Mm-hmm. And then another thing was you need some good attorneys that will work with you. Um, one of our attorneys has fired us twice. Um, and, and then you our, won't take no. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one, he, he told us he's a three air limit. But you have to have good attorneys. Mm-hmm. And then um, you just got to go out and research the stuff and sort of do it. I mean, we have a part-time paralegal, um, and then we p- joint venture. We have people that we joint venture. We show them what to do, and they go out and just bring the deals in, and we create them. So I, I think, I think, basically, you know, it's easy to pull the lists, but but it's not it's not just tax delinquents. Tax delinquents is just probably twenty twenty five percent, maybe thirty percent of what we do. It's also the same thing on foreclosures. They have the same problems with. Mm-hmm tax you know so it's the foreclosures it's uh the vacants foreclosures tax delinquents and then you can make a lot of money just using your property lookup system we've done really well on that what do you mean by property lookup system um everybody every big city has like um ours is the gis the county lookup i'm sure you have one here yeah we we have a gis okay so basically this this is what we did there's 
the light yeah, rail. I don't know what it stands for, guys. I think it's Global Information Systems, but really, I don't know what it stands for. It just shows you stuff. Or Geographic <laughs> Information Systems, but anyway. So we use that, like like the light rail stop. We're like, okay, there's a light rail stop coming here in a year, and it's already under construction. Let's buy close to that. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket science. Okay, the property value is going to go up. So all I did was click on one property, pulled it up, and it was uh, it, the owner was Mr. Money. Uh, went and knocked on the door and asked the tenant because it, it was a different mailing address. So, like, if it's a different mailing address, then it's most likely a rental. Mm-hmm. Got the phone number, called him up and said, hey, I want to buy your property. Um, he's like, well, I'm 85, getting ready to turn 86. It's about time for me to sell. So I think we got a little bit lucky. Met with him, and we bought that property for 33000 Right now we can sell it for one fifty. That was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I clicked on the next, next piece of property, a vacant lot. Pulled it up. There was two owners took the one owner, put it in, into been verified, called him, said, hey, I want to buy your lot. That's, I mean, that's, all, that's all I'm doing is just I want to buy your lot. And he goes, I forgot I owned it. I'm like, how do you forget you own property? And he said, well, the reason I forgot I owned it, we had the house. Me and my partner had the house and the lot, and we sold it. They just left us with a lot, and we forgot we owned it. So I yeah. made a deal with him mm-hmm. to buy his half. But he goes, I haven't seen my prior, my my." my guy in years, my partner, I've not seen him in years. And so I was at a real estate meeting and just talking to this guy, Gary, next to me. And I said, okay, I'm trying to find this DeMario guy, DeMario, I can't say his last name, and I can't seem to find this guy anywhere and I need to close this in the next week. And he said, who? I said, DeMario, whatever the name. He says, he's one of my best friends. He lives in Florida. He picked up the phone, called the guy and said, DeMario, I got a guy that wants to buy half that property. Now that was lucky. I admit that was lucky. Yeah. But so we- But you're telling everyone you're trying to you're find You're telling everybody, you put it out, the, excuse me, the universe. Mm-hmm. So we bought that for, I think we're into that for 10 or 12. We can sell it for 115. We've had that a year and a half. Mm-hmm. That was just clicking, clicking, calling up. Then the next one we clicked and called up. We bought that one for 70. And unfortunately it burned down seven days later. And then, um, we end up getting an insurance check for a hundred thousand on it, so we have no money invested in that. That mm-hmm. was, but but that piece of that the the lot alone is worth one hundred fifteen now. Yeah, because a lot wow. next to it just sold for one fifteen. And then here's another cool thing: is we clicked on another piece of property, and it was a house and had some extra land to it. See, this is where the, you look for the niches. This doesn't happen very much. So what we did is we said, you know what? Can we subdivide out an extra lot? So I went down to the, the zoning. I talked to the people at zoning. And I said, can I just draw a line down the middle and subdivide it? I said, yeah, you can, you can do that. We ended up buying the house for 70. We've had it about a year. We can sell the house for 150 plus and the lot for 80,000 plus. We're keeping all that stuff right there. Yeah. But it was, it was simple. Buy the light rail, use the GIS system, click on it, call the owners. That's, I think anybody can probably do that. Anybody could do that. But they don't, they're lazy. But most people aren't doing that. Yeah. Okay, so um, so you, we talked about um, uh, tax tax delinquents, yep. foreclosures, vacants, property lookup, right? So how, I mean, you talked about skip tracing them, cold calling them, and following up with them. Are you doing any other type of advertising, or is it just that? It's all us going out finding stuff. Every yeah. now and then we'll get a referral or a bird dog will bring us, but it's all us like looking for certain stuff. Um, just looking at the foreclosures, the tax links, the vacants, and going after them. We, yeah. we spend less than $500 a month to advertise, and probably not even that. Yeah. And so it's all us just finding stuff, which I know is different from most people. Most people are like, you got to market. you got to spend thousands and thousands right. and thousands to market. You know, we, we send out maybe 
10, at the most, 10 targeted letters a month on deals we're working on. Hand Ten. Lend. At the, that's the most, probably more like five. Wow. You know? Yeah. So it's calling and knocking on doors. We knock on a lot of doors. And that, you know, in where, where the tax delinquents foreclosures, mm-hmm. and that works really well. Very yeah. interesting. Uh, so um, we talked about how did you find deals. So then pulling data, what are you using to pull data? Um, we basically just um, download the tax delinquent from the county. Mm-hmm. Uh, my partner, Mitch, they're at the courthouse. They pull the files from that, and we go after older daily, mortgages. weekly, monthly? Uh, weekly. They weekly. pull that, and we track them. They're mm-hmm. really good. At, they're good at tracking them. I'm, I'm not good at that. Yeah. So they track them. So, and then we use CRS data. It's called courthouse retrieval system. If, like, if we're going after a vacant house, it's, let's just see if there's a mortgage against it. Um, we use Ancestry.com. You know, been verified, skip trace things, and 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 uh, find a grave, legacy.com for the bits, and that's probably and Podio to put it in. So that's that's basically what we do. Legacy.com for the what? Obituaries. Oh, gotcha. yeah. You pull the obituary, and I've got. If you walk in my office, I have a whiteboard all the way around. I got writing everywhere, um, so I, I'm more visual mm-hmm. than so that so I, we we use a lot of the whiteboards to track yeah. stuff too. You know. Wow. Okay. Um, so then we were talking about skip tracing. You don't really have an acquisition and disposition department then, right? It sounds like it's a pretty lean operation. Yeah, it's more like the the people we joint venture with, like we train people mm-hmm. to do stuff. Once they get the deal, they're they're responsible for getting all the documents, getting all the way through. Then Mitch will either list on the MLS, we have a list of cash buyers, and we just do it that way pretty much. Okay. And, so, and then, then it, that's pretty much the two different ways we, we sell the properties, you know? Right. Uh, Eric Richard wants to know again, uh, are you buying property with company funds or are you double closing? What are you doing? It, some of it we wholesale. Um, my partner, Mitch, we use IRA. We have private funds. We could always use some more guys. Hint, hint, hint. Right. Um, and so, uh, so it's usually we have some hard money, some private and then IRA funds. So it's really cool. A lot of these big hits, my partner's not paying any taxes because they're being bought in his Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty cool too that's very cool uh so what markets are you in just charlotte we are joint venturing without you know i'm trying to get better organ i'm not a very good organized person at all mm-hmm. so hiring some people but we want to be able to joint venture with people all over the country because we've learned so many little niche things i could tell you all about um partitions judgments zoning loopholes i could go on zero percent interest we have almost, we've learned so many different uh land assemblage that we want to be able to joint venture so we want to do that a little bit more yeah you know so we do want to expand other markets but our main market is just um charlotte mecklenburg county is the main place we concentrate in right now gotcha uh so monthly marketing sounds you said was under 500 bucks a month yeah but but we do i think and i don't track it i don't know what my overhead is but it's probably somewhere around because I have an office and, and different stuff and website, I, I, it's probably somewhere between six to eight thousand a month just just to break even is my total expenses, mm-hmm. and, and I could be off by a couple thousand. I'd, and you're doing three to four deals a month. Yeah, three three me- deals. We're getting we're up to about four deals a month at fifty k on average. Probably about fifty k on average. So you don't really need to do more than one deal a month to do pretty good. Yeah, one deal one month will get us by. You yeah. know, and th- but we're also keeping a fair amount of these properties. I've got a lot of other ones with one hundred fifty thousand equity but we're we're keeping them Mm -hmm. because they're going to make more money in the future so on the ones we're cashing out we're probably cashing out on two a month i see okay um what would you do if the market shifts well what's great is since i lost everything in 2008 
we're at very low loan to value. I think our average loan to value on the property we're keeping is probably 30 to 40%. Mm -hmm. So I think we would be okay, but I would shift to more creative deals, um, getting people to carry back more subject twos. And right now there's a lot of people on the sidelines with a ton of money, just got to buy a bigger discount and maybe sell and make a little bit less per property. But so I think if, if the market changes, um, we would just well, we could stay lean, and then we would just find different creative styles to get mm -hmm. people to carry paper and do different things. And again, there are always going to be people with cash. I don't care what's going on that are going to get come back and buy some of the things. You're going to have to sell them at a discount. Right. But I, I live, I live except for drinking and eating out. I live lean. I, I rent a house for five hundred dollars a month. I have a roommate. I don't have central air. This house is like it's like original from the fifties. It's not terribly run down. Yeah. So I, I don't have a lot of uh, overhead. So if things really get bad, you know, I don't have a, you know, 3000 a month house payment, car payment, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So right. I think we could, we would weather it. And then Mitch has deep, deep pockets. So it's a combination of stuff would get us through. Lessons you guys learned yeah. from the crash. And good. Right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Tim, Tim McQueen wants to know if you're JVing with Charlotte investors. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll JV with with people. I'm like I said, I've got some people I'm bringing in to help help uh, help us. I've hired people to research and stuff, so we can take on more of these deals and joint venture with people. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte. it sounds very administrative heavy. It, it it is, but it's not as bad, you know, because it, it sounds worse than it is. It really right. does. I mean, if if I mean, I dropped out of school after a year and a half. I mean, I I don't think if you have a high school degree and you're you can learn something. It's, it, it's not as hard as I make it out to seem. It mm -hmm. really is not. Yeah. I, I'd love to say it's rocket science. You can't do this, but it's just a process in learning it and, and, and working with attorneys and, mm -hmm. and you know, like the variances, you know, it's like all we did was find a variance attorney and say, what do we do? And he told us what to do. Right. I, I, I didn't do anything. I mean, yeah, I'd love to say expert. found the expert and they showed us and we just walked through the thing. You know, I, I didn't do anything. So then are you known in your market as the crazy guys? Yeah, the guys that do the crazy deals. Yes. The crazy. So you do have that niche. We have the niche. If it's crazy, if it's difficult, we're gonna we're gonna do it. So they call you. Is like, Carl, I got this deal. I don't know what to do with it. Right. You want to run with it? Yep. Awesome. I can tell you, I got a ton of other stories about crazy other things that we do. It's it's like I said, we do everything from we're taking options on property and assembling property. Like I said, we did the partition sales. We're learning about uh, zoning loopholes, all uh, substitution collateral. Um, like one piece of property, we took it over with, with a bunch of judgments. Mm -hmm. We're letting them fall off over time, you know, because um, after 10 years, you can't collect on them. So there's so many cool ways that you could do this business. I love it. Just, just the Yeah, different. I mean, you're taking advantage of the fact that someone can't deal with this for the next two years. So you get a steep discount, and then you wait the two years. Yeah. And then you profit from it. Yeah, like, for example, demo liens. The city does demo, like, they'll, on land, they'll demo a house, and there'll be a ten to 12,000 demo lien. Well, it's only good for 10 years, and it falls off. So we have several lots that, that two and three more years, the demo lien's going to fall off. So all you have to do is wait and sit on it, you know? Right. And then um, there's one one more story that we – one deal we just close out, I'd love to tell you about. Is that okay? Let me yeah, just yeah tell, okay, do, okay. This was another tax delinquent where what happened was um, – we pulled it up and it was in a corporation. Mm -hmm. The corporation was defunct. Okay. The LLC then, so it wasn't good anymore. And then we pulled up the, the two past owners. It was a husband and wife. Okay. And they were divorced. We do a little bit of research. And then it, and so, and was getting ready to go to tax sale. So we searched down, we figured, we tried to find the husband. We couldn't find him. So we found the wife 
and we said, hey, what's, you know, a lot of this is listening. We called her up and we had to bug her. She didn't want to talk to her. We talked to her mom and um, her mom, I think, said there's a $750,000 lien against the property and they just, they're ready to walk away from it. So we naturally. She was like, they don't want anything to do with it. So we kept begging her, and we finally, um, Maria works for us. She's one of our joint venture people. She's also a life coach, mm-hmm. so she's really good with people. So she finally got a meeting. So we met with her, and we said, hey, we want to get you something in the house. What's going on? She said, well, there's this lien. It's a mess. Um, uh, I think I was, the LLC was left to me in the – it was left to me in the divorce, but, you know, we haven't paid. It's defunct and all this stuff. So we, this is what we knew. We, a big lien, defunct LLC – and a husband and wife got divorced where she got the property left in mm-hmm. the, the thing. So we went to work. The $750,000 lien did not attach to the property because they put in the LLC before the lien came down. Mm-hmm. So that was good. And then we had to pull a divorce decree. Turned out she had rights to the property in, 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 in rights to the LLC, which was good. I don't know how that worked out. Mm-hmm. And then um, we were able to, there's some kind of, rule i don't understand our attorney helped us with it's called winding down a corporation where they can still sign and sign for the corporation so we had to make sure we get title insurance and a little bit dicey i was a little bit scared but we Mm -hmm. ended up so this is what happened we solved all the problems and we said okay we gave her twenty eight thousand dollars up front and then we gave her 18 percent of the profits Mm -hmm. a deal she's going to walk from single mom just i'm done and we convinced her look she said, okay, I'll take 28000 up front and 18000 of the profits. We just fixed it up, sold it last week. Our profit's somewhere between one ninety to two ten. I haven't finished all the numbers yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we had 87000 total invested in that deal. And it's, I think it's actually 200 to two ten is, is, is the net, but let's just say one ninety. Mm-hmm. And uh, on, a, on a deal, it had multiple problems. We solved them. And what I love about it is she walked away with money. Mm-hmm. And she's going to big a little bigger bonus check than she realizes. I don't think she realized what we were able to make out of it. Right. So I can't wait to go hand her that check. And yeah. you know, or like I said, kids are going to school, and she'll be able to help them with the money for that. So that when you, when you do deals like that, I I love it. It's just it, it it just warms my heart to be able to make a difference. You know, in in a yeah. situation like that. Well, I mean, eighty percent at two hundred k. That's going to be a pretty healthy bonus. Yeah. No, that's our our ours, our take home is around two hundred k after paying her the eighteen percent. Oh, after paying that. After paying that. Oh, okay. yeah. awesome. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Uh, so Eric wants to know, and this is a question I asked you earlier, how much does that phone number cost? Um, well, as all good stories start out, oh, actually, I went to John Ulmer this years ago. He, he's, I remember him, but he had, he had a, a real estate course. Mm-hmm. And he said, you, got, you need to have an easy to remember number or repeating number to do your real estate. So I think this night I had nine beers, and I called the guy, just dialed the number, and the guy answered and I said, hey, um, it was an individual that owned the phone number. I said, hey, I want to buy your phone number. He's like, what? He said, you sound drunk. I said, I am, but the, I still want to buy your phone number. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, uh, I'll sell to you for uh, 450 bucks. So I went down. 450 and, bucks. 450 bucks. And he transferred the number for 450 bucks. Wow. Now I know why he sold it to me. Because it's, you know, 704-77777, taxis call it. Uh, people call it all the time thinking it's taxis women at bars give it out for some you know i don't know why guys dumb guys call asking for sally and then it, it, also two people in the employment applications geico calls us all the time i don't know why but so that number rings like crazy so non-stop. I, it's non-stop so that's why he sold it because it was such a pain mm-hmm. um so now i have a system that's like when you call it, it says press one to buy or sell a house 
to weed out all those calls. But mm -hmm. a lot of times on Friday and Saturday nights, I would just answer it, you know, because I knew it was cab, cab people calling for cabs right. and stuff. And um, but that that's how I now what happened was during the downturn, I got in trouble. I mortgaged the number for ten grand, mm -hmm. and then I lost it because mm. uh, I couldn't make the payments during during bad times. But I was able to buy it back for twenty grand. Right. You know, but so you can you can mortgage phone numbers if you didn't know that. I know that now. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, there, that that was that was uh, that was pretty cool. Right. We got to figure out who owns uh, the seven seven number in, in my neck of the woods. Uh, so what else was there? The what is your what is your passion? What is your why? What drives you? This is going to get sort of personal. I think as a kid, I always had very low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I don't know why my parents were really, they were, they were good and encouraging, but I think the reason I do this is because if you're this crazy person, people like you or see or whatever, mm -hmm. likability factor maybe. And if you make money, people like you. So I think there's some kind of, driving force of of wanting to be liked mm -hmm. i really think that that's more than it is and i like helping people too i love when i can make a difference um i'll tell you a quick story it goes back to uh, um i love solving problems this this will make sense when you through but um a friend of mine penny who had uh sh her two kids lived in ohio okay she was struggling she was my roommate and um she's like i really need to get my kids back i just i can't afford to 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 have them down here i got this minimum wage job da, 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 da. and i was like how can i solve this problem how, how can i solve this and i was like you're gonna buy a house this is how you're gonna get your kids back she's like she was cussing at me i'm buying a house i ain't gonna get my kids back so we i found this one house that had little efficiency apartment okay mm -hmm. and it was it was listed at the time it's getting ready to come off listing so i would let it go off listing i went to the owners and made them a deal to buy it for less and at the time she had bad not bad credit but a couple things so we end up fixing a couple things on her credit mm -hmm. and then we also there's a program where the city will give you 7500 if you buy in a certain area they'll give you 7500 dollars for your down payment yep. so the city gave her the 7500 dollars for a down payment and then she needed 750 bucks and just say it magically appeared from somewhere so anyway she got in this house for 750 dollars and we were able to rent out the one side over there it was a three-bedroom, one-bath house, so we ended up getting her kids to move back from Ohio. They took, they lived in, in the the two rooms. Penny lived in the one room, and I lived in the other room. Mm -hmm. But but because I was able to contribute money for the rent and the other stuff, she was able to basically live for free and got her kids back. So I, I like I like when I can come up with stuff that makes a difference in people's lives. I like I, I love when I can do that. And I hope Penny's not going to kill me for telling the story. But yeah. but but I so why again I think it's that to be be known be liked and uh, I do like the freedom that money gives you to be able to, to travel a little bit and mm -hmm. and eat in good restaurants um, so that's probably basically it I'm, I'm still trying to come up with my full why I do this yeah. to be honest it's a challenge for all of us so uh, what's your biggest struggle right now in your business organization I'm the worst. This is how I know when to pay my electricity, my water, and my phone. I'm not kidding. Collection calls you? No, when no. they get cut off. The other day I was out there, turned the water on those little little things because uh -huh. they cut my water off. They cut everybody shut the office one day and the electricity wasn't working. I'm like, uh, why don't you go work someplace else? I was running around making a call to get the electricity turned back on, you know. So 
I'd say organization is, is, is one of my biggest weaknesses. I'm, I'm, I, I'm a visionary and I'm, and I'm really focused on deals and real creative getting them. But when it comes to organization, uh, it's not my strong suit. Sounds like you can use an assistant. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, what is your superpower? I think I, I connect and I see things. I can look at a deal and look at stuff and see stuff that other people don't see, whether it's subdividing a lot off or reconfiguring it or seeing a creative way to do stuff. Um, like I did this deal the other day where I got someone, you know, gave them like 130,000 down and got them to take like 30 or 40,000 on a personal note. I was able to sell the property and that note doesn't attach to anything. I only made about 20,000 on the property, but now I can make this thing at 0%. I mean, mm -hmm. I can always, I can come up with weird off the wall solutions. I think that's what I'm really good at. I'm good at seeing how to put people together and um but i think the, the the biggest thing is just to, to see things that other people don't 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 see on a deal yeah and i think i i, I don't know if it was jim Rohn or whoever said this but uh the amount of money you can make is directly proportional to how hard of the problem you can solve that yeah that's it and, and these problems guys they're not super hard once you learn them it's just learning them it's not yeah it's not as hard as it may seem All right uh, is there any last message you would like to leave the audience with? Let me see. Last message. Hmm. I, I don't know. Just that I think that people have self-limiting beliefs mm -hmm. and that everything from thinking they need money to credit or, or whatever, I think people can do a whole lot more than a whole lot more and, and people are so I hear all the time there's these self-limiting beliefs I, I don't know how to do this well we don't know how to do it. when we started this we didn't know what to do we jumped in and learned it so I think I would tell people to give themselves more credit mm -hmm. and stop having these self don't don't say you can't do it because you can it's it's all in your mind uh, being able to put stuff like this together and that's, a, that's what I, I would leave people is, is, is continue to get knowledge, continue to learn, network, and that you can do a whole lot more than you think you can. The only thing that's holding you back is you. That's mm -hmm. the only thing that holds people back. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, and then you were talking about uh, earlier, you've got some sort of mastermind program you were running. Yeah, we just started a mastermind group. It's $105 a month. Mm -hmm. We get four Zoom meetings. It's it's me, typically, although it's not me tonight because I'll be out drinking, um, but it's, it's me. Uh, and then I've got friends, some heavy hitters, different people sharing like these techniques, other techniques and some easy ways to make money mm -hmm. uh, in the real estate. So, um, and then we have a, um, Facebook group and it's called uncle Carl and friends mastermind group, $105. Uh, I mean, come on guys, you, you know, you, that's cheap for right. this, the kind of stuff that we show. And tonight it's, it's eight o'clock. It starts, we got one at eight o'clock tonight, uh, Eastern standard time where, um, Maria and Eric are doing all the skip trade. They're teaching people how to skip tracing mm -hmm. exactly how, how, how we put these deals together. And unfortunately, I think I'm giving away too much stuff, but I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that it'll pay off and, and we can make a difference for right. people. So absolutely. Um, and then if you, if someone want to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Well, you could call. 704-777-777, extension one, and leave a message. Or I'll give you my direct phone number, too. It's 704-995-5385, uh, 704-995-5385. It's best to text. Mm -hmm. 
and um, also I'll be here for a couple of days. So if anybody's in the area wants to get get together, um, I'll be out drinking beer downstairs, down somewhere in Tempe. Yeah. I'd love to you know hang out with people. So if you want to, anyone wants to call me in the area, get together. You know, it'd be great. And you'll be at the meetup tomorrow night. Yeah, going to the meetup. Right. Yeah, so guys, tomorrow night four thirty at Dave and Buster's. Uh, Jesse. Borrell and Evo Dragonoff are going to be talking about how data is king, how it's uh, fueling their business. But uh, Carl's going to be there, and then Willie Coleman's going to be there, and he's the eight, he's the guy that turned 18 last Saturday. He's already done 13 wholesale deals in the last six months. It's, wow. it's bonkers. And you 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 got these reasons why you can't be successful. He can't even sign a contract. Yeah, and he's closing deals. See, see a lot of people that would be self-limiting. I, I can't sign a contract. I'm not going to do it. But he right. found a way. I love it. Yeah, I, he brought his brother to the appointments. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's great. I, I love when people do do that. You know. Yeah. So that's eleven o'clock tomorrow, guys. Eleven Pacific, two o'clock Eastern. And if you guys need help getting ARV for the properties you guys are looking at, if you need help closing your deals in the Phoenix area, please reach out to me. We'll be happy to go with you guys to those. And if you want a copy of our assignment contract, go to realestatedisruptors.com and opt in. Uh, my assistant will send you a copy of our assignment contract. And again, guys, if you like this show, please share this episode right now. A rising tide does lift all boats. Hey, one other thing, I got I brought you a Uncle Carl T-shirt. <laughs> guys, check it out. So you you, you now can you have, you have an official Uncle Carl T-shirt. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, thank you, guys, and thank you. Thank this you. Was, I appreciate. It. Thanks for having awesome. me.